Allison. Hi, Michael. And welcome to Dean's Discuss COVID-19. This is our weekly podcast in which we delve into the research and what we're doing both in the School of Medicine as well as the School of Veterinary Medicine here at UC Davis. Well, today we're going to talk about the disruption this pandemic has caused in our nation's food supply chain, the health of those in the food industry, and what UC Davis is doing to help find solutions. It's such an important topic that's important to all of us. All of us eat, and food is important to our nutrition and our well-being. So let's get into it a little bit. Well, you know, um, I've just moved to Sacramento. I'm on my 11th month here as dean, and I didn't realize how Sacramento was such this just uh, place for all different kinds of food. And I was really pleased to meet Chef Santana early on. And, you Mm. know, he's uh, really developed this type of thinking about food is medicine. Um, And as doctors, you know, so often we think about, oh, I'm prescribing pills. Um, But, uh, you know, veterinarians, I know all too well about, oh, you got to try this diet or that diet. But uh, food is medicine is incredible. And then when we think about people can't get the food they need, that really impacts their health, particularly if they have chronic illnesses like hypertension and diabetes. Yeah, you know, we, we sometimes take it for granted in a, in a country like ours because we go to the grocery store and we find everything we need and we got, you know, we're, we're spoiled in this country um, compared to the, a global uh, scenario. And then when it got disrupted uh, with the pandemic and we started to see either shortages or things that we normally would be able to get it, it got people to think about that. And then on top of that, uh, we began to worry about even going to the grocery store, you know, about the fact that, you know, we had to go to pick up the food, but was it safe? And that brought up a, a lot of interesting questions about, you know, how do we shop? Um, what are the ways that we can go safely to the grocery store? And it involved a lot of the things that we're doing, you know, physical distancing and, and, um, you know, personal protective equipment. And then we also learned uh, the vulnerability of the food supply from the workforce. Uh, those workers that were on the front lines that were exposed and um, both in the early, in the, in the, you know, in the early part of food processing all the way to the grocery stores. So along the lines uh, during the pandemic, we began to appreciate uh, not only where our food came from, but also the value of uh, and the importance of food within this country. One of the things I was going to ask you about is, and, and all of us were, you know, restaurant goers, and all of that stopped. We stopped going to restaurants, and of course, they're severely impacted. And the entire food supply uh, was really disrupted when that happened, because so much of that food was going to restaurants. And when that was halted or cut off, uh, the manufacturers had to find other ways to distribute their product. Um, and so uh, I know you probably haven't been to a restaurant for a while, uh, mm-hmm. Allison, and uh, I, you know, I, you really uh, worry about that. But what are some of those folks doing to help uh, those people that may be food insecure? So I've been really impressed with, um, uh, you know, I know the restaurants are really working to try to get food to people who are food insecure, and I really applaud them. There's multiple groups that are working on that actively. Um, You know, one of the things that's happened with COVID that's really pointed out the disparities, the differences Mm -hmm. between the people who get health care and the people who have 
issues with getting food. There's no grocery store, for example, in their um, neighborhood. They don't have a car to get to the doctor, get their medicines. Uh, those are all things that are really important and food is key to our health. And we want people to have healthy food too. We wanna to make sure that they limit their salt and sugar and fat and all of that. So I know that there are leaders in our community really working towards trying to think about that as a health equity issue and trying to get food that's healthy out to those people who need it. Um, and I am really excited about that. And hopefully I will have more about that, um, those opportunities as we uh, go forward. You know, we have a wonderful community that's incredibly um, gracious uh, about um, looking out after their, their fellow man um, and woman in, in, the, in the community. And it's really, really heartwarming. But I do think um, as this goes on, I am worried about getting patients um, essentially food. Um, and people have uh, actually taken to writing, um, you know, food prescriptions so that, you know, patients mm -hmm. will um, think about the things that they need to eat um, and the things that they shouldn't be eating. You know, um, it is um, uh, really unnerving to see the lines at the food banks out, you know, mm -hmm. in the national news. I think that was shocking. It also, shocking. you know, did did uh, point out, as you say, the the discrepancies and the and the wealth gap in this country and the ability of those folks to to be able to get food. And so, as those food banks opened up, you know, you saw those long lines immediately happen. And that's really a warning sign for us that we don't have, while we have abundant food production in this country, the distribution of that food and the availability of that food is not equal. And the, the social disruption of that really brought that out immediately. One of the ways that that happened too was through the school systems. You know, when That's the schools right. were no longer having the kids come to school, they depended upon those lunch programs and those uh, food distributions through the school systems. And so they had to figure out other ways to do that. And as you mentioned, the community groups, um, my wife is involved in the village harvesters. And, uh, you know, during the uh, the, they harvest fruit from um, trees that are abundantly producing but don't have an outlet and then distribute that to the Yolo County food banks. Those kind of community-based uh, groups like that came forth and really tried to, to pick up the slack. And the restaurants, as you mentioned as well, tried to do that as well to try to redistribute that food to where it was needed. And it took, uh, it's, it's taken a while to do that. So when we think about the cost of a, a pandemic and we think about an infectious disease, you know, a lot of those calculations don't take into account the ripple effects that happen in our society. So we think of it as, gosh, it's gonna make people sick and we need to stop it at the border or we need to test for it. But we, we sometimes forget the fact that in a, in, and this is really brought to bear during the COVID-19 pandemic, is all of the ramifications that uh, a pandemic can have in the economy, uh, job losses, um, and the food supply is, is all part of that. And when that's disrupted, of course, that really affects uh, stability of the, of the family life. It could affect the individual family. Yes. Uh, around the world, um, food insecurity can lead to global unrest, actually, in countries. There's been food riots. Um, in South America, in, in uh, Venezuela, 
over this last year. This was even before a pandemic was involved in that. So, you know, we have to realize that the pandemics don't just affect our health and our hospital systems, but affect the entire uh, society, and that includes food supply. Well, you know, we're really lucky at UC Davis because we've got uh, the top ag school and the top vet school and school of medicine, school of nursing, and multiple great brains that can think uh, together about these issues. But, you know, um, I do think that we are going to need to be mindful um, as physicians um, and caregivers about um, you know, are our patients actually getting food? Are they getting their medicines and are they getting food? And particularly with the recession and people's income, it's, um, we can't just always assume that everybody's getting their three meals a day, like the children, you know, um, uh, it wouldn't be on someone's radar to think about is your child, or was your child on free lunch and free breakfast? And, um, and now that that's changed. So, which really, um, as leaders in the community, I think we need to be um, starting to ask those questions. I'm really worried that um, things are not gonna get better as quickly as everybody thought, and this is gonna become an issue. Um, my hope is that the children go back to school because um, in, in a safe environment so that we can begin to make sure that they're getting the things they need, uh, like food. One of the interesting uh, sort of, um, I guess, side effects of having disruptions like this is people become more aware. Uh, they may actually go into gardening at their own home uh, more. And, uh, and, and you mentioned the College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences here at UC Davis, which was really the first uh, uh, college that the, the whole university grew around and is number one in the world. And they are working at a variety of ways uh, to look at uh, food. I heard um, last week a group that uh, examines uh, milk and the constituents of milk and how that affects the um, ability of uh, an infant to respond uh, to an infectious disease. Yes. So they think about it all the way from the molecule all the way up to the field. And, um, the, the, the neat thing about that is we're connected also at UC Davis within the entire UC system. Uh, agriculture and natural resource system involves all 10 campuses. And when it comes to agriculture and, and the, the ability to grow food, uh, it means a collaborative uh, spirit across multiple campuses. And uh, part of that is to look for innovative, innovative ways to have sustainable agriculture, to have a safe food supply. So we partner also with the California Department of Food and Agriculture. A very important part, we have a series of laboratories that are set up specifically around food safety. And that means testing and making sure the food is safe. And that is all the way along the lines of the chain of the food supply. If you don't have a safe food supply and have confidence in that, uh, we're all affected by it. We all remember spinach uh, being taken Not out crazy. of the restaurants in, in 2006. And, you know, the university banded together and formed uh, centers around food safety uh, because of that incident to try to make sure in California, we produce so much food uh, for the whole nation. And that's part of our economy. Uh, so when that's disrupted, it affects all of us. Yes, and you know, um, that goes right back to our topics in the past of innovation. You know, part of Aggie yeah. Square, which is uh, going to be 
research buildings and learning environment, right? Uh, stone's throw from my office is going to be the Alice Waters Food Institute. And uh, part of that is actually to begin to teach young children about food and nutrition and how to cook. And, and that goes back to the beginning of our conversation with Chef Santana and this idea of food as medicine. Um, he's been able to locally source, I think, almost 50% of the food that is served in the hospital, which is incredible. Um, it's probably uh, one of the top hospitals for food in the country because of Chef Santana. So we're really thrilled. But um, this will really bring Aggie Square with the strengths of UC Davis Agricultural into the partnership with the School of Medicine, School of Nursing. Um, so I don't know, maybe we'll have to get food on the, the veterinary uh, uh, part too. We'll have to work on that too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure my beagle would volunteer to be one of our test subjects. <laughs> Probably so. Well, you know, this is um, so important. We have um, uh, also nutritionists that think about the food supply for our animals as well. And because we have, you know, um, you know a huge uh, industry around that, uh, we're often asked questions related to the nutrition of animals as well. So we have specialists that are parallel in the School of Veterinary Medicine that are focused on species-specific um, uh, nutrition. Um, we had an unusual dietary problem with uh, dogs that developed cardiomyopathy last year because of a, a food that was um, improperly um, uh, derived and fed to uh, a susceptible uh, in this case, golden retrievers, and they developed heart problems. Um, and our, our nutritionist and our cardiologist work together on that. You know, those are the kind of things that are really collaborative across our institutions. Uh, you mentioned agriculture, engineering, medicine. When it comes to food, that interdisciplinary research is really, uh, it comes to bear because to have precision farming, uh, to have uh, the ability to have sustainable agriculture, you need multiple scientists involved to understand nutrition of humans, to understand the psychology of food. Uh, you know, that, that's where we really depend upon the medical school, the, uh, the sociologists coming together and, and thinking about how do, we, how, do we, how do we change people's habits uh, to um, allow them uh, the tools to, to have access to food, but also the knowledge of why they should be eating good, good and nutritious food. Well, you've kind of just defined uh, the topic of precision medicine, which is maybe something we can unpack yeah. in the future because, you know, precision medicine, one thing is, you know, um, crafting a um, menu for that individual person. And maybe that's on their genotype or it's food or it's, um, uh, it's something specific to them. Uh, and, you know, personalized medicine, I think is really going to be something in the future. And again, it goes back to kind of what we're talking about with Aggie Square being really innovative. Well, this has yeah. been really a great discussion and I'm looking forward to more of these talks. I'm Alison Brashear, the Dean of the UC Davis School of Medicine. And I'm Michael Lermore, Dean of the School of Veterinary Medicine, and you've been listening to Deans Discuss COVID-19, which is our weekly uh, podcast. And please come and, and join us again for the next episode. And we welcome your questions and ideas on future topics. You can email us at deansdiscuss at ucdavis.edu. And in the meantime, you can visit ucdavis.edu backslash COVID-19 for the latest coronavirus research and news from UC Davis. We'll see you next week. <laughs>